everyone. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Barb Knows Best, the podcast. I am so, so happy to be sitting here across from my mother, Barb, ready to have another hopefully life-changing conversation about the daily stuff that we go through. I love it. I am Michelle, your co-host, and there's my mom, Barb. Yes. Chiming in. Hi, Michelle. Hi. How are you? I'm terrific. I'm very happy to be here. We're doing one of my, our favorite things. We haven't done a lot of these. It's so funny that you said that that's your favorite thing because I always thought that, that this overwhelmed you. No, no, not at all. Even when we do workshops and lectures and stuff, my favorite part of the whole talk is the Q&A at the end. Q&A. I love people's questions because it really gives us a feel of being in the energy of their lives and they're in the energy of our lives. And we're all here together in the living room having a conversation about life. So I'm really excited that we're going to do a Q&A today. Yeah. If you saw on social media, which also, I guess this is a plug to make sure you're following us on social media. So if you have a burning deep desire question that you want us to tackle, we did put up a little Q&A box of questions that you would like for us to answer in an episode. So thank you so much to everyone who wrote in. We have so many questions, you know, obviously we'll get through as many as we can, but we'll, we'll keep them for other topics and things like that. But thank you so much for writing in. It's, it's so great to hear what's up for you all, the things that you want more clarity on topics that you are struggling with. Like these kinds of episodes are really how we start to feel like we're in the living room with you guys, because you're so vulnerable and open and honest and truthful and, That is how we can connect. Beautiful, Michelle. And we got hundreds of questions. So I just wanted to put that out there that we're not going to have time to go to get to all of them. Especially with me, I sometimes can't stop talking. Yeah, Q&A is a a very, it's very, it's, it's very exhilarating for me. I just, because I really feel like, as I said before, that I'm just with you. I'm like right there with you. And I want to share any knowledge or any experiences that I've had that could help you with your life moving forward, because that is our deepest desire, right, Michelle? That's why we're doing this, to share our experiences so we can all live a happy, healthy life that we desire to live. So I'm excited. So we have a lot of questions. Yes, I will guide this train because if not, we would go off the rails and you would have a six hour episode with (laughs) probably more questions than when you started. Yeah, and I'm thinking maybe we should do one of these once a month. But anyway, let's not get into that. Let's get to the questions. Yeah, we won't uh, ramble any longer. And I just want to say, Michelle is so right. I feel so honored that you all trust us and that you're so vulnerable and that you will ask us some of the questions that we're going to be tackling. I just, I want to let you know that we love you and we are so, so blessed to be in this community with the Barb Knows Best pod. Yeah, you know, it still kind of blows my mind because I had this idea to do this podcast so many years ago. And I always kind of thought to myself, you know, would anybody listen, you know, would just my friends and family listen? And is this something that people want to listen to? And seeing you all write in with your questions really shows to me and helps me rewire my brain that like, yeah, you, you are here. And you are listening and obviously I know that you are, but it's just to piggyback of what you're saying. It's where we feel so grateful and privileged that this is how you spend your time and your energy and you're so open and vulnerable with us. So thank you again so much. All right. Should we tackle those hard ones, those two hard, those two personal hard ones first? So I would say going through all of the, the, questions that were submitted, there's obviously some overarching themes, but one of the most commonly asked questions in one way or another is about us Yes, and our relationship, our dynamic. And I know we've talked about our relationship all the time on this show, but I, I really, I want to get into it a little bit more because I think there's still some misconceptions about, about us. And I don't ever want, although it's the two of us talking to you about life and giving tips, like I don't ever want us to be on a pedestal or for you all to think that somehow we're the lucky ones that got life figured out and we're just perfect, smooth sailing, no issues. So that's where I wanted to start. Um, You know, do we ever fight? 
Do we ever not talk? Um, do we disagree? How did you guys cultivate this relationship where you can work together and still be family? What's it like working with family? All of those dynamics. And I know that that's a very loaded list of questions about our relationship, but I would like to break the fourth wall and give you all a little dose of reality of life with Barb. Maybe I'll start another podcast, Life with Barb. I don't know. I think maybe we should do a whole episode on all of this, actually, as you were rattling off all the, because we did get quite a few questions about our relationship. So maybe that should be an episode. Yes. But, you know, um, we can get into it. Yeah. I think we can that. do a lot. And yeah, we are human beings. We are human beings and life has been very, very hard for both of us. We've had a lot of, if you've been listening to the podcast or following us on social media, you know, I just ended a 33 year marriage and, you know, we've had, a, it, there's been a lot going into treatment for eating disorder when I was 27 years old. So life has been difficult, you know, like all of us, we all have difficulties in life. So yes, we fight. Yeah. Yes, we actually we fight. fight a lot. Yeah. We, we are two different human beings. We have different thoughts. We each have our own practice, you know, that is not the same, but it's, it's steeped in the same idea of loving yourself and meditation and mindfulness and all of those things. But we have two different practices, which is fantastic. It's really wonderful, but yeah, we fight. We have differences of opinions. Uh, we, we get, we get annoyed. Uh, we do have period, we don't have many periods of not talking, but I think that's because I am a control freak. I am. a Well, <laughs> that's true, but I am also a person that if it's someone that I love dearly, I can't go to bed at night without having, doesn't have to be a resolution to the, the topic or the thing that's causing the friction or causing the fight or causing the disagreement. But I, we have to, we have to say goodnight. We ha I have to, I'll send Michelle a text and say, come on, we can't, we can't, we can't go to bed like this. And I think it's kind of a, a thing with me. And especially when your dad died I in his say, sleep, yeah. I think that changed my that life changed completely. For me too. And it sure changed for you too. You know, Michelle's dad passed away 16 years ago in his sleep. He had a heart, massive heart attack while he was sleeping, 59 years old. And it really, you know, we've been teaching this for so many, so many years. I've been doing it for 39 years now. That idea that we only have this moment, you never know what the next moment's going to bring. And so in teaching that all these years, but then actually experiencing it 16 years ago when your dad died was a whole nother, like an epiphany and changed my life forever in that regard. And I know that it changed yours too. So that's, that's me. I'm almost always the first one to reach. Oh, there it is. <laughs> I'm almost always the first one to reach out. Michelle, we can't, come on, let's, let's She's saying fix that this. in let's... a nice, loving, happy tone, <laughs> but am. in the heat of the moment, why am I always the first one that has to come to you to fix this? So we do fight. Yeah. We do have differences, opinions. And I think, and I understand someone wrote in that it's really hard not to be jealous of your relationship. I understand that completely. I felt that way. I felt that way about teachers of mine. I'm like, why can't I be like that person? Like we all have that feeling that another person's life is so much better than our own or look, they've got the perfect situation or they really seem to be able to get along. And yes, we do. I th and th Where I want to end this, we fight about every topic that you could probably imagine. I mean, there's always disagreements or there's always some kind of art. We don't fight a lot anymore. We used to fight a lot because I think we're just two very strong-willed Scorpio, Scorpio women who have very strong opinions about life and all the things. And so I think that's normal. And where I'm going with this is what, what makes life so wonderful with you, Michelle, and how we've cultivated this relationship for the past 37 years is that I allow you to be you, you allow me to be me, and we will always have the feel, I always have the feeling that I don't want to take away your integrity or take away your beliefs or take away your thoughts. I want you to feel free to tell me whatever you feel like telling me and vice versa. Because I think there was a little period of time when we first started working together where I was afraid to tell you certain things and they weren't big things. They were little things, 
Like, oh, I think Michelle's going to get upset about this or she's going to not like it or she's not going to agree with it or she's not going to this. I was writing all these stories in my head and they were all true. <laughs> I'd say something, maybe you didn't like it. Wow. But, Making me a monster. No, 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 no. And vice versa. I, I think it's vice versa. No, they were true in that regard because we were just learning how to, how to navigate family and work. You know, that famous thing that when we first started working and I called you at 11 o'clock at night on a Saturday and wanted to talk about work. So that idea, and I think us trying to figure out boundaries and trying to really allow the other person to be exactly who they are and trying to sort out. I think the thing that I've loved the most is sorting out how we can agree to disagree and really truly allow the other person to just be. And I say all of this because the foundation of all of this is love. I love you unconditionally, completely, nothing in the world would ever change that. So at the end of the day, after a fight or after an argument or after something, we have that deep connection and love for each other. So we always come to the place in that moment of you be you and I'll be me and let's move on. But then we do it again and then we do it again and then we do it again. So it's not something that, oh, we just got this. We love each other so much. Now we're never going to fight again. No, I mean, that's not life. That's not reality. That's my take on it. <laughs> can tell she's very amped up about Because I just love talking. I love sharing things yes. with people that will be helpful. Yeah, I'm really amped up. Yes. So we do fight. Um, and I will say, you know, obviously I'm in my 30s, you're in your 60s. So we've had a lot of time together. When I was a teenager, we had, you know, very volatile times. We fought a lot. You know, I've run away from home. I've done all the stuff. You've said, I hate you. I've, I've done all the things. So wherever you are in your relationships, if you're a parent or if you are a daughter or friend or whatever, that you see us and think that we have it figured out. We do have a lot figured out, but that's because we've been through a lot together. So yeah, we still fight to this day. Uh, we had a little, you gave me a little snarky look about something that I said right before we hit record on this episode. Um, and that is just a part of relationships with people. You know, we all view life so differently and sometimes the communication wires get crossed. But I will say, as we've both gotten older, we've really cultivated and leaned on the tools that we talk about in our episodes so that when we do fight, it's not mean-spirited and nasty. Like I make a really concentrated, I know you hate name calling. So I would never call you a name in the heat of a moment. I, I make a really concentrated effort to take the pause like we talk about and not have knee jerk reactions or just say things in the heat of the moment that I know will make things worse. I try to be really specific with my words and the intention of the things that I'm saying so that it doesn't make a situation worse. And that does help, you know. And then, yeah, sometimes we just need to take space and come back. Um, but yeah, we still have disagreements and I think that that's totally normal and part of life. Um, and also, I mean, I've been in therapy my whole life basically <laughs> because of crazy shit that's happened in my life that you'll eventually share that some we'll of that talk I, about yeah. someday. But yeah. so that's also been a great privilege for me and a great resource for our relationship because of therapy. I have an outlet where I can really vent my frustrations about my mom, which you know that I do, and you can do the same about me, where it's not going to be hurtful to you. And in therapy, I've learned lots of coping mechanisms and skills and tools to um, show up in my relationships in a really kind and loving way. So therapy for sure practice, our, our meditation practice, mindfulness practices. I think also living on the baseline that both of us, like you said, are coming from a place of love, but also that of a place of, um, you know, we're, we're doing the best we can. We have the best intentions here. I 
would never think obviously life changes that you're going to do something intentionally to hurt me. And so when something goes wrong or we do get in a fight, um, it's not that I go to the place of you hate me. You're trying to sabotage me, all of that stuff. So, and that's come from, again, therapy. You and I have gone to therapy together. I've gone to therapy separately. You've done a lot of personal development classes and workshops. We've made that a priority in both of our lives, singularly and separately and jointly to work through our stuff so that we can have the best relationship together as mother and daughter. And then of course, all of our other relationships as possible. That's a priority for us. So, you know, doing the work for so long, you do see the fruits of your labor. The work works and it's work. You know, I remember many times throughout our lives feeling so exasperated of like, we're doing all this stuff. We're in therapy. Like when, when does it get easier or when does life start to feel different or when does, when do things change? And, you know, being on these paths of personal development, you don't see the quick fixes. It's like a slow study, um, benefit where, yeah, you're in a heated argument or a heated discussion and you don't need jerk react and it doesn't explode. And you don't say things really hurtful that you don't mean just because you're trying to get a jab in or you take the pause so you don't snap at someone. It's that kind of stuff where you're like, wow. And you have a post about this on Instagram where I love it when I realize I'm handling things better than I ever thought I would or something like that. And to me, that's like the, oh my God, a tiny joy, amazing that I didn't burn the house down in this one argument about something when in the past, maybe I would have. Um, so that's really where we come from with our relationship. Obviously, of course, adding work into the the dynamic added complications, added a new opportunity for boundaries like you were just talking about. Um, but of course, being able to communicate, communicate, wow, getting tongue tied, being able to communicate clearly, openly with someone is really the foundation of it. That's all beautifully shared, Michelle. I want to also share a few thoughts on that, that first of all, if, if you're not, if you're not able to have therapy, which many, many, many people aren't, I want to give you my thoughts on the foundation of how we're able to have fights, how we're able to, you know, have short periods, maybe of time of not talking, but never going more than 24 hours and, and how we're able to disagree, be able to agree to disagree. And one of the ways that I think for me has done that is that I know, I don't, I no longer, I I shouldn't say no longer. I do, you know, when we say no longer, it doesn't mean that I never but for the most part, I rarely will take things personally. Hmm. And but I but when I do from time to time, and I do say something that that I wish that I hadn't said, or I'm upset, or I'm irritated, or I'm angry, or I'm feeling hurt, or all the, we have all the range of feelings. After that has been done, let's say I've exploded in something because I'm thinking about the trip to Charleston. Oh, a few years ago, which I'll let you explain that after I get done here, because I think they need to hear that because I think it really exemplifies everything. And that was kind of the middle of our, t- or maybe kind of the beginning, I think of our time working together, maybe. But anyway, when that happens, I think the key for me, the key has been in our relationship or in any relationship that I love dearly, but look, we're talking about the two of us. The key is whenever something happens, I immediately, and I always do this, I immediately look and see and do like a recap or do a review of what happened. What did I say? What caused the explosion or what caused the fight or what caused the hurt feelings? And where's my part in it? Always. I always, always, always look at my part in it. But that, you do. But that doesn't mean that I don't get stubborn then and say, 
well, my part's pretty tiny. She's the one that needs to step up here or whatever. I mean, cause we're human beings. So that might make it go longer, you know, than maybe it needed to do, but I always look at my part in it always. So that is really important, especially if it's a mother, daughter, mother, son, father, daughter, if it's a family relationship, we always have to be willing to look, we have a part. We're not just clean. We're not just, oh, it's all their fault. It never is all their fault in that situation. We have a part somehow. There's some, even if it's tiny, we have a part somehow. So looking at your part in it helps to, to really start to tease apart and get rid of that idea that it's personal. Like, oh, I did say this. And so she reacted to what I said and she, maybe she took it personally or I took it personally of what she said. I got hurt feelings because I thought she didn't love me anymore. I thought she liked this person better or she doesn't like my relationship here. Because I think someone asked, what is, what is the topic that we most disagree on? It's relationships. Mm. Always. It's relationships. It's how we navigate relationships, what we do with them, what we think about them. I mean, I just think that relationship is the biggest thing in life. So I think it's always relationships. You don't approve or don't like certain ways that I deal with certain relationships. I don't approve and don't like certain ways that you deal with relationships. So we're always, we can go back and forth on that. And that's probably the place we disagree the most. Because I think everything else we pretty much, well, everything else I pretty much um, go right to you and let you handle it. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I think it's relationships. So I just want to say that, it is so very important to always reflect. And, it, and if you, the quicker you can do it, the better it is. It doesn't mean you have to then act, but at least it starts to simmer things down inside of you. When you can own your piece of it, it starts to simmer things down. And then you start to get some clarity of what to do next. So you can continue to take the pause and get some clarity what to do next. And the other thing is when you truly love someone unconditionally, which is how I feel about you. And I believe that's how you feel about me, Michelle. Maybe. When you truly love someone, you can have some humor like right now, or you can have some humor. You can have some ability to be able to not take it personally because we know at the end of the day, we do love each other. So we can actually add some humor and levity and lightness to the situation. And the minute you're able to introduce that, it really starts to simmer everything down. Because we always look at each other and say, you know, I love you unconditionally. And so that we just, yeah. And so you took it personally, but it's not personal or whatever. This is, I said it because of this and this and this was happening. It starts to set the ground for discussion because you really just can't go forward without handling it. I think that was the biggest thing I also wanted to say. You can't just move forward and just let it be because then it'll come out sideways somewhere else with somebody else or with the same person. You have to, you have to get to the root of it. But I think with those things of understanding your piece of it, having some levity and some lightness to start the ball rolling of having a really meaningful, thoughtful, mindful discussion, and then also not taking it personally is where you eventually get to, well, I did take it personally because of this. You know, I, I was I was feeling sad or I was feeling like you didn't love me anymore, that you didn't think that I was that important or whatever it is, or you didn't like my idea and you thought that it was not good enough or not worthy, whatever the situation is. I think it's just really important to have those factors into it. And then you start the new day, you know, in the new day for the most part, I think is how we, how we handle all those things on a regular basis. Yeah. And I think too, being able to be vulnerable with each other, like I know again, that name calling is a trigger for you. And so I actively avoid that in in conversations. And if I'm vulnerable with you and saying, oh, when you did this, this, and this, that was triggering for me, or it really rubs me the wrong way when you say this or this, like if you feel safe in your relationship to be vulnerable and, and speak about the things that, because people aren't mind readers. So I don't know what I don't know. So if I can say to you, look, when you seemingly dismissed my idea about a podcast that really was hurtful to me. You wouldn't know that unless I had said it to you. So if if you can cultivate a sense of vulnerability in those relationships where you do feel safe so that you can communicate the things that are important to you and on the flip side, receive that information and, and hold it gently and, and not use it against the person, but 
keep it in the back of the your mind when you're con- having conversations with that person of, oh, I remember last time that that really impact, impacted her and hurt her. I'm not going, I'm going to think carefully about how I talk about this. You know, just using your past experiences as data for, you know, the present and the future. That's been really helpful for us. Um, but then of course we had the question of like how to cultivate, you know, a mother daughter relationship like ours. And, um, you know, obviously each relationship is different and this has been a lot of work and you can chime in too about relationships in general. But I think, you know, if I were someone who was trying to cultivate a different relationship with you, I would start in the reality of where things are. You know, each relationship is different, has different circumstances and difficulties and really understand where the relationship is in the present and think about, and this is kind of like the manifesting questions to ask yourself kind of conversation of how do you want to feel in this relationship? You know, cause I don't think everybody needs necessarily wants or needs to have a relationship like ours where we're doing so much together all the time. Like maybe for some people are like, eh, that's a little too much, <laughs> you know? So think about what you want your relationship to actually look like. Like don't, base your relationships on us because you think that we're quote unquote better. Like what works for you? Is it phone calls or holidays or, you know, just understanding like what, how do you want to feel in the relationship and what it looks like and start to really get clear on what you want. And then of course, starting to engage in conversation with the person about what you need to do to get there. And being, remember being vulnerable again, if it's safe, I, all of these things are under the guise that like your parent isn't abusive or toxic in a way that makes none of this possible in that case, you know, I think licensed professionals would be the key there, but outside of that, that would be where I would start. I love that, Michelle. And I love the fact that you always say you, I, one of the things that you've really changed in my life is how do you want to feel? You know, so in looking at a wonderful mother-daughter relationship, how do you want to feel in that relationship? What is important to you? I love what you just said. Really understanding how do you want to feel? And I, cause I think I have real, that has changed my life in every aspect, but also in, with regards to you, how do I want to feel? I want to feel, I want to feel safe. I want to feel comfortable. I want to feel that we're not afraid to talk about anything. I want to feel that we would be vulnerable with each other. I mean, so it really matters. How do you want to feel in the relationship? And then you can start to, to actually build that kind of relationship with each other. And I think I would also like to add, remembering that unconditional love is everything. And so I say that to mean, I mean, I say that as a way of looking at that in our relationship. When, because we have that foundation, it doesn't mean we're not going to have disagreements and fights and all the things. And because we have that foundation though, and the way we, we work with ourselves, with each other and all the things, when the hard times come, like you did an episode on your drinking. Mm-hmm. And I remember we had that whole conversation during the podcast and some of the things that you shared, I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't hear that one. I didn't hear this one. So you did a whole episode on your drinking and that has been a big, that was a big thing uh, during the pandemic. I only love you even more. You know what I mean? It's like, I remember you said to me not too long after that, I remember you said to me, mom, I can't thank you enough. You didn't, your, your love and your care and your listening to me and your presence has been, I think you even said something like, I don't know if I even expected you to be so kind or so open and so whatever. And so I, I think what I love about that is it's true the hardest that I felt in my life, you've always even been more loving and more caring and more open and more vulnerable and vice versa. Yep. So I think if you can build, it's usually in the, in the little times where the, the arguments are the biggest, it's not during the big times. We don't have any issues when we're really facing a traumatic time, which we've had many of those to face. It's in the little things. It's in the little things, the little pet peeves are the little things that happen. And one of the things that I really have been making an effort at, at that I learned during my retreat this year 
is lying. Hmm. How often do we tell these little, what we consider little white lies because we think that we're protecting the other person so they won't get too upset or so they won't get too angry or so it doesn't disturb their peace or whatever it is. You know, when you're in the self help world of, of all the things that we do, we can sometimes say, oh, I don't want to bother Michelle with that. That'll just make her worry or that'll make her upset. She doesn't need to know that. Or I don't need to tell her the whole story. I can just, you know, put in little pieces. And I've realized being in silence with myself on this retreat that I'll share with you soon. I realized that I was doing that more often than I thought. Mm-hmm. Like just the little white light, nothing that was going to bother. Like when I told her some of these things, when I got back, she's like, I don't even remember that. You did what? You did this? So I think it's really important that you know how you want to feel, that you have the unconditional love always. Just always remember that that is real so that you can start to simmer down on the feelings of whatever's happening of taking it personally. And don't tell any white lies. Don't don't be afraid of what the other, what your daughter, your son, or your family members, what their reaction is going to be. You have to let the reaction happen. It's going to happen anyway. And you're not going to be okay because you love this person so much with lying to them. You may not, you may think you're getting away with it, but your inner, your inner knowing is not letting you get away with it. You will always say, oh my God, I didn't tell her that. So now I can't do this, this, and this because I don't know how to, you know, how lies always build and build and build. Right. And then the last thing I want to say is as a parent and even as, as the adult child, Never say, I told you so. Never let those words come out of your mouth. Hmm. I, I don't think that I've ever said that to you. And the only time we have joked about it, it's been a joke or it's been a, it's been a humorous time is when we, when we were going through all the, with the drinking part and everything. And I would, yep, told you that was a heredity. Told you that was the, you know, but we laugh about it. It's already past the real serious healing part of it. And we can laugh about it. And so I think, especially as a parent, even as a younger, even if you have younger children, just never say, I told you so. It it never lands right. I just can't imagine it ever lands right. Because what's the intention behind it? Well, because, yeah, the intention behind it, I think, I mean, for me, when I heard it as a kid was for, for me to start respecting you more because you know better. Well, so like you're so stupid. Yeah. And you're so stupid. Exactly. Nothing irritates me more than thinking that somebody thinks I'm stupid. Um, So I said that because I know that that's what you were told. So I think just never, just never let those words come out. They're never helpful. Let's just put it that way. They're never helpful. And you will always have to then go back and figure it all out with the person that you've said it to because their feelings are going to get hurt or their feelings are going to feel like, they're stupid or that they did, they not only did they do something wrong. Wow. And you even think that they shouldn't have done it. Like, how dare you, you know, whatever the, whatever the feeling evokes in the other person. Right. So I think that that's really, 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 really important. So I would love for you to share the Charleston story. Okay. I think it's going to be cool for you to share because I think that was probably, what was at the beginning? I actually don't, It was at the beginning of our relationship together, working together. It was during my book tour. And I don't remember what caused the argument. I just remember what happened during it. And then I remember how it ended. And then I remember the fun that we had afterwards because we laugh about this a lot. Because to me, it was so so heightened. And I think part of it was being tired part of it was starting to working together and trying to sort out this idea that that mother daughter are actually working together and me being the mother and me thinking that I know best <laughs> Barb knows best really fed into that one didn't I and you and you wanting to own your own power and your own right as a I don't know how old were you at the time who knows well it's 2014 so what would that have been the anyway. math isn't mathing okay so so let's take a quick break really quick and we're back. <laughs> Remember, like I said, she would go on and on and on and on and on, if not for the leash that I have on her. Well, I think so. This episode can be, I mean, this is so, as you call it, has so many layers and so deep. Let's just make this whole episode about our relationship. And then we do a part two of all the other questions that we got. All right. Fair. I just think it makes sense because it's it's so layered. and I, I'm we, glad you all can see how this is the front row view of, of how 
life with Barb is. It is true. She just takes it and runs. It is true. You're the conductor, but I'm the I'm the one that's running the show. I was like, yeah, Michelle, you be in charge. That this does happen often. So and we yeah. laugh about it. Well, yeah, there's lots to say about our relationship. So yeah, we'll, we will close out this, this episode on all of that stuff. And then we'll do a part two with all of your other questions that we had on the list to tackle. So fear not if you don't care about our relationship and had other questions. Yeah, I think that's really good. And I think, I think it makes sense. It makes sense for us to, to do it this way. And it's been fun. And I hope that it's been helpful for all of you that are feeling like you have family members that you want to be closer to or how to have a better relationship with family members, but especially your children. Yeah. And as, as Michelle said earlier, if you can, it's not always, it's not always easy. And I'm, I've definitely been in that, live in that space. Well, also we're talking about this as a mother daughter because that's what we have. But I mean, we're kind of all we have. (laughs) So, you know, if you have a dad or a sibling, you know, like use it, use whatever we're talking about to whatever works for you. Like my dad is dead. I don't have siblings. Um, it's where we are. So yeah, agree. That's what life presented to us. So Charleston. So Charleston. So I was on my book tour, which I don't think really matters, but that's just how we ended up in Charleston. I don't know what caused the rift but it was pretty substantial, really, so, really substantial. Yeah, so this was 20, almost 10 years ago. Yeah. And this, I guess, can be an example for you all to see that we are human and that we can progress and learn. Because, <laughs> and we can laugh about it. And we can laugh about it. And I often say to you, because as such a privilege and a treat, sometimes you all will stop us in the street or recognize us and you know, say hi and that you listen to the show or follow us on social media, which we love so, so, so much. But then I often turn to her as we walk away and say, "Ah, you know, if they had been with us in Charleston (laughs) or if they had seen us in somewhere else, you know, they would really know. Atlanta. Atlanta. (laughs) So go into it. Well, you know, it's short because I don't really know what it doesn't even really matter what sets it off. I think that's the key. Rarely is it anything that is big. It's usually the little things. As I was saying, if it's a big thing, we're, we're 100% there for each other in, in the most loving, caring, open way. So I don't know what set it off, but I got angry with her and she got angry with me. And we were literally raising our voices at each other, especially me. I, I, I tend to speak loudly anyway, and Michelle tends to speak more softly. So... She, she were walking down the street. I think we were going to eat at a restaurant. And so we were in legit public. Yeah. (laughs) There weren't a lot of people on the, on the streets though. But anyway, so we're having this argument on the streets of Charleston. And so she decides to go her way and I decide to go my way. And we didn't know where each way the person was going. I I said I was going to be flying back home. Sometimes I, we were literally screaming at each other in the street. I said we were raising our voices very loudly at each other and so I was deciding I was going to go back to the hotel and make a flight home. And I don't know where she was going. And so we did this. I mean, we, we, we didn't see each other then because we started going our own ways and I didn't know where she was going and she didn't know where I was going. And she was just walking around the block and I was just walking around the block. And so we came somehow ended up seeing each other down the street or whatever it was and looked at each other and said, let's go to dinner. This is ridiculous. Let's go have dinner. And I think as we were walking to go have dinner, things just settled down because as I'm walking by myself all this time, I'm thinking, now, what, what did, where's my part in this and all that? And so we're walking to the restaurant and I remember it, it, it felt fine because I think it was such a nothing thing. It felt fine, but there was still some tension. And I remember saying to Michelle, I, I brought it up too soon about the levity. I remember saying to Michelle, I really think that it's important that you start doing some work on yourself so you can see what you're doing. Well, that wasn't levity. I know, but I, I, I meant it sincerely, but I also meant it with a little bit of levity. You're right. It was not levity. Okay. I have to interject here. One of the most common, now I remember one of the most common fights that we do get into is you feel like you are always the first one to come to find a solution for 
a disagreement that we're having and that I, I don't, I don't take responsibility for my side of the street or I don't come, I'm not the first to come to you to resolve it. You're always the one that's like, let's figure this out. And I'm not. And so you tend to get very frustrated with me that I'm not taking responsibility for my part in the argument. That's a big trigger for you. But then when you say to me, how come you can't do that? I'm like, okay. And then, well, so she said to me, you know, you really need to start. Yeah. You need to start looking at ways that you can start. You're right. Taking some responsibility or growing or learning, whatever it is. I said, (laughs) you said you stopped dead in your tracks and you said to me, no one works harder on themselves than I do. Don't ever say that to me again. No one works harder on themselves than I do. You go to therapy. And I remember, well, not just therapy because I I mean, therapy is important and it's been an important part of it, but there's so much more than just therapy that everyone can actually do to try to, not to try, to start forming the kind of relationship that they want. So I remember though, in that moment when you said that, it was like gold. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, she's right. No one works harder on themselves than she does. And so I th- the moral of this whole story is that even though you may say things that are hurtful or even though you may say things that may not land right, when you can really be open to the other person and what they're saying and you can really be open to owning your own thing, it just works out. It just works out. And so I just, I just want to say that, that when you have the unconditional love and when you're able to own your own side of things, and I think I was trying to say that to her in the very kindest of ways, but certainly it's, it's, it's a diss for sure. Um, it doesn't mean that it's the end of the story. It means that it could be the beginning of an even more beautiful story because I've never forgotten that. That was almost 10 years ago. And whenever I start to feel like I'm being... Uh, getting irritated or, or why can't she do this? Why can't? I always go back to that and think no one works harder on themselves than Michelle. And I work hard on myself and we're doing the best that we can in this moment. And we're continuing to learn and to grow and to become the greatest version of, of ourselves that we can be. And whenever I can come back to that, when both of you can come back to that, it's, it's gold. It's all that's really necessary in that moment. And it, it kind of settles it all out because we're never going to be perfect. We're never going to stop. We're never going to not have disagreements. And so I think that's what makes for a wonderful mother-daughter relationship. Yeah. It's funny because in those instances, like in Charleston, when we're screaming at each other, walking down the street, I'm like, if only the internet could see peaceful Barb now, (laughs) not so peaceful, huh? Yeah. And, uh, I think, that just goes to show that we're human and we have stuff and um, yeah, we fought in the past. And I think <laughs> one more thing and I'll they add. all give us things to laugh about now. That's for sure. And I, I, you're so right. And I remember one time you said to me, and it may have even that been that same situation, that same disagreement argument. I think you said to me, I would be careful if I were you before you wear one of those peaceful mind, peaceful life shirts. <laughs> acting this way. Anyway, I love all of you so much. Thank you so much for indulging this whole episode on our relationship. Thank you for the question of our relationship. Maybe we'll have more to share again, but I really appreciate all of you and love you all so much. Yeah. It has been really fun diving into this and kind of talking about our relationship, our lives and how we kind of work things out. I hope that we gave some insights. It's a wild ride with you, Barbara. It is. And isn't that what makes life so interesting and so fun? When you have someone that you love so much that you can be vulnerable and you can be comfortable and you can go through the ups and downs and all of the things and still feel at the end of the day, life is beautiful. And I did want to add one thing about the unconditional love aspect that you were talking about, because I used to kind of think that the concept of unconditional love was kind of toxic. Like, oh, you just gave me a look. You're like, what's she going to say? I can't wait to hear it. Just like, you know, in the sense of if you're in like abusive relationships and I will love you anyways, kind of 
mindset, uh, which I know is not what you're saying, but that's where I, what I used to think of unconditional love and like romantic relationships uh, and things like that. No. But what I wanted to say about that is for us, the concept of unconditional love is you can mess up and you can make mistakes and you can do stuff and I will still, it won't take away my love for you and I will be here to support you and help you move through whatever life's difficulties and I won't judge you for the mistakes that you've made. And going back to what you were saying and earlier about, you know, a lot of the big mistakes that I made when I was drinking because of our history with alcoholism and our family and addiction and just, you know, the traumas of those dynamics, I used to think that some of the mistakes that I could make when fueled with alcohol would be like the unforgivable things. And, you know, when I ultimately did make lots of those mistakes and thought, oh my gosh, she's, she's never going to forgive me. Um, this is it. This is where she draws the line and nothing will ever be the same or whatever, whatever those thoughts and stories in the mind are. And you came to me the exact opposite with like more compassion and understanding and empathy, even probably then if I make a small mistake, um, that's like what the unconditional love looks like of, all right, yeah, you are really in the mud here and you need to figure a lot of stuff out, but I'm not going to like pile on for you, but be, you know, someone who can listen, help you, support you, figure out whatever's going on for you. And I think in the same vein, you know, you've been going through this divorce over the past few years and I've tried to be the same, you know, it's obviously more complicated because different dynamics, but I'm trying not to judge you and just be there for you, whatever you need. Like, I feel like, especially when it started, when your dog died a couple of years or one year ago, we were like, it's bar beer where you just go, yeah, we, we just, you can do whatever you want. And our friend Lewis and I would joke with you that it's, it's Barb's ear. So like, you know, you would cancel something last minute or be late or, kind of be distracted or not really yourself. And even a couple episodes episodes ago, and we talked about you not, you know, really feeling like you were in your power, just not totally yourself. It's Barb's year. So we kind of let you off the hook for, you know, a lot of stuff because you were going through it. And I think that's for me, what unconditional love looks like of meeting people where they are. And rather than doubling down on their problems that they're going through, like being a level of support that can help lift them out if just for like a moment in time and, and letting people know that, you know, you're not alone or you're not abandoned in your struggles. I love you so much. You are so wise. Thank you for clarifying that and for that beautiful, beautiful story and example of what unconditional love is. Thank you. I love you. Love you. So, um, I think we got through a lot. Do you? Yeah, I feel good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we got through a lot. I think we get so many questions. I mean, I think this was such a beautiful conversation Yeah, that we have with each other and that we had with all of you and hopefully it's been helpful. And I think it, it's, it's, you know, it's life relationships. Yeah. You always say you've written about this so many times. Relationships are our biggest assignments. I mean, it's, it's like everything in life. And so our mother daughter relationship has been everything. And we have, we definitely have worked hard. It's relationships aren't easy. Yeah. And they, so they take commitment and they take uh, time and they take patience and grace and, and care and yeah. love. So I think kind of wrapping things up for you to take away from this you know, knowing how you want to feel in a relationship and what, what you want your relationships to look like is really powerful. And the first step in any relationship, you know, obviously talking about mother, daughter, but with anything friendships, you know, we all have different needs and wants and desires in our lives. So really tapping into and getting in touch with what you want and how that looks like and how it makes you feel is, is really always step one. 
and kind of pinpointing the people in your life who can receive and, and be the people to help you produce those wants and help you to feel those feelings and having open and vulnerable conversations and being, feeling safe and being truthful and not being fearful of judgment and not being judgmental, all of those things. You know, I really do believe in life, it's quality over quantity. And I think as kids, we think we have to have a million friends and a huge family and in order to feel really loved and supported in life. And as I've gotten older, I realized that if you can have a few really great people in your corner that will understand you and support you, that that means everything. So, you know, pinpointing the people in your life that can be that for you and really knowing that relationships take work and effort and the road is winding and has its ups and downs. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. I love it. I love listening to you. It's beautiful. All righty. So, so thoughtful. Thanks for, um, hanging with us in this episode. I know it kind of went off course a little bit. We didn't get to the other questions, but we will, we will do another episode answering the other questions that you all submitted to us. It'll be the next episode. So you can kind of understand that, that we will get to it right away. Yes. But thanks for listening and hopefully this helps give you all a better sense of why we are the way that we are. And if you have more questions, let us know. Um, And thank you so much again for sending in all of your questions. If you haven't yet, make sure you are following us on social media at Peaceful Barb, at Michelle Maros, at Barb Knows Best Pod. That is the best way to send in questions, topic requests, and just stay up to date with all of the stuff. Also, make sure you are liked and subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, etc., so that you are always up to date on all of our episodes and news on the podcast. Lastly, if you are loving the show, which of course we hope that you are, please share the show with your friends, family, loved ones. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes and Apple or Spotify and leave us a review. It's really helpful. We appreciate it and we love you so much for it. Thank you so much again for listening. Thank you for being a part of this community. Thank you, mom. And we will chat with you next week because as we know, Barb knows best. Bye.